With week one right around the corner, we're breaking down some of the top storylines surrounding the Buffalo Bills entering the 2023 season today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Well, folks, you have heard from me all summer long giving my thoughts on this Buffalo Bills football team entering this season. And so I wanted to bring in a guest today. I'm joined by Alex Brasky of the Batavia Daily News, also the editor of Bill's Digest. And I want to get his thoughts on the team, maybe debate him on some of the stuff that we disagree on. And so welcome, Alex. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Joe. And thank you for contributing to Bill's Digest season kickoff issue. Now in mailboxes around the country, excited to get going with Bill's Digest, but also excited to get going uh, with our regular season coverage here at the Batavia Daily News at dailynewsonline.com. Sure to be another, like I said, exciting season. Well, Alex, I I feel like I'm new to your work, and I'm glad I found you because you really kind of scratch the itch that I have for Bills coverage. You're giving practice clips of what I'm interested in. You're giving the quotes and press conferences that I'm interested in. You're writing stories about what I'm interested in. So you very quickly have become one of my go-to sources for Bills coverage. And so, thanks for what you do, and I'm glad to kind of pick your brain today. And I want to start with kind of your time that you've been around the team. You spent a lot of time around the team this offseason, during training camp, during preseason. And so you get that firsthand look at what's going on pretty much every single day. And so every team has a look and feel about it, right? You've been watching football practices. You get some impressions about what the, the temperature of the team is. And so what are your general impressions on how the team has attacked the offseason and then just the expectations on what they can achieve in 2023? Yeah, with all the struggle and, and drama that they encountered last season and into the offseason, certainly was a slow start for this group entering training camp, having to deal with some of that dig saga, that lingering drama coming from the wide receivers offseason and, and lack of communication and presence with the team. But I, I think they've really had a good training camp and a solid preseason. Didn't start well in the first two games. Obviously, the last game looked a lot better with the starters out there. But this team's Super Bowl window, I think, remains open. A lot of national pundits ha have disagreed with me throughout the course of the offseason. They've gone from Super Bowl favorites in their mind to contenders to miss the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So in, in a lot of those pundits' mind, I, I, I think there's been a, a distinct transition. But in my mind, this team remains on track to win a Super Bowl or at least contend for one. Josh Allen has recovered from that elbow injury that led to some mechanical issues last year. The implementation of James Cook into this offense is certainly going to be something interesting to watch. And all the added firepower along the defensive line as well. And that rookie tight end Dalton Kincaid is special in his own right. 
Well, you know, the Bills certainly had their season last year in the spotlight. Everyone had the big expectations for them. Everyone picked them to win the Super Bowl. And when that happens and then you don't do it, right, there's some consequences, in, at least in terms of how you're perceived from the national side of things. And I think the Bills are kind of paying for that right now because everyone's last impression was a 27-10 to 10 home loss in the snow against the Cincinnati Bengals when you were the, supposed to be the team that went and won the Super Bowl. And so I think the Bills are definitely – uh, paying for, I guess, their sins last year of not meeting everyone's expectation to go all the way. But I objectively think that the roster is in better shape right now than it was last year. It's certainly not worse. And so it's interesting how quickly uh, things can pivot. But, you know, we're five minutes into this conversation. And let's face it, every Bills conversation should start with Josh Allen. And so let's let's get to Josh Allen. What are your general thoughts on how he's prepared for the season? How do you expect this offense to evolve in year two with Ken Dorsey. I know that counterpunch from Allen and Dorsey is a big storyline entering 2023. Yeah, from day one of the spring, Allen has maintained that his level of focus entering this season has never been matched in the past, and I think that's played out on the field during practices. He's been locked in. He's been hitting Gabe Davis consistently. His connection with Stefan Diggs has been rekindled, like I said, following that drama. And his rapport with Dalton Kincaid has been built immediately. I don't know if that's a product of, of Allen or Kincaid more so, but the two together have really meshed together very well. And, and I think they're ready to take this offense to the next level. And then, like I said, with James Cook's added ability out of the backfield, maybe taking a bit of the pressure off Josh Allen in the run game. And I think that'll be critical for this team as well. He can't do it all like he did a season ago. And, and I think they're going to have to look to – Maybe some of the additions that they made on the outside, a Trent Sherfield, a Deontay Hardy to, to work their way into the offense immediately and, and maybe also take some pressure off Stephon Diggs. You might see some decreased numbers from Diggs this season, but I don't think his impact will be lacking at all. And then you discuss the added uh, uh, bolstering of the offensive line, especially on the interior. I think that's going to help Allen as well. Connor McGovern's offseason injury doesn't appear to be that significant, so him inside, rookie Osiris Torrance next to the center of all centers, Mitch Morris, who's been there with Josh Allen all along. Really, the only question mark for me along that offensive line is outside of the tackle position. So I think Josh Allen, his development throughout this offseason has been positive, and, and I think he's ready for another big year. Well, Alex, I remember coming out of last year, and I'm always evaluating. That's what I do. I never stop evaluating things. And of course, I'm considering, well, how does this team evolve? How does it take a step? How does Josh Allen become even better in 2023? And I kind of kept coming back to, well, I think the team has to be better around him. And I think it's interesting that I asked you a question about Josh Allen and his preparation, and you went to, well, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, but they're better around him. And you pointed to a lot of different ways that they've improved the offensive line, the weaponry around him. And last year was this general perception that it's like, Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, go figure it out go do it all, and you don't have help. I think we can look at this skill group, this offensive line, and feel better about it, and knowing that if teams want to really focus away or focus on taking away Stefan Diggs, that there are other options. I think that probably starts with a healthy Gabe Davis, which isn't new, but you mentioned Dalton Kincaid, James Cook, the lead running back, but there's also some new weapons, right? You mentioned Dalton Kincaid is a big storyline, but Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy, even Khalil Shakir in year two, a new stable of backs. And so when you think about how this all fits together in 2023, is there a non-obvious answer to a player that might have a bigger role than some might expect? 
I think a lot of people are counting out Dawson Knox within this mm. offense. He didn't have a, and I know that you're a big Dawson Knox yeah. guy. So I know I didn't even music. mention the guy. I'm, I'm I, kicking myself right now. Right. And I know this is music to your ears. Didn't have the greatest season last year, but certainly not a, a bottom tier season from a tight end. And I think his potential is still there, particularly in the red zone. You saw nine touchdowns from, from him a couple of seasons ago. And I think that is where he could really see Knox make an impact. I think it might be tough, although I did project this in Bill's Digest, that he's going to go over career highs, 50 receptions, 600 yards. That might be a little tough. There might be a little too many mouths to feed. It might be a situation of that. But I think within the red zone, I think he is a bona fide target. And I think he is ready to rebound. He suffered the tragedy with his brother leading into last season. That's going to distract any human being in any line of work. He had the finger injury during the preseason. But aside from that, his rapport with Josh Allen has been built from day one. And they've connected within the red zone a number of times throughout training camp and now after leaving St. John Fisher. So if you ask me that question, I think I immediately jumped to Dawson Knox as somebody who who could work his way back into, let's say, relevance with this fan base as, as a bona fide target, particularly, like I said, within the red zone. Good point. Let's not forget about the $14 million a year tight end, which somehow I did throughout that discussion. I think that's an awesome way to answer that question. All right, we got a bunch to get to here next, including the offensive line. I can't wait to get Alex's uh, impressions of the offensive line. But first, I need to tell you about FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers can get $5. You can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, on top of that, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So maybe you're an out-of-market Bills fan. You put 5 bucks down on FanDuel, you can get 100 off a Sunday ticket subscription. You know you got to have it. You can't be missing the Bills game. So now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash NFL and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Alex, I want to talk about this offensive line. It's uh, faced a lot of scrutiny. It really has. And I think when Josh Allen's the quarterback, uh, everybody wants that wall in front of him and make sure that he can operate and find those targets and make plays. And so... Curious to get your impressions of the unit. And at the end of the year, are people going to come out of this season thinking that the offensive line is great? Are they going to come out thinking it's good enough? Or is there going to be that underwhelming tone when considering the front five in front of Josh Allen? Yeah, I think setting the standard at great might be a a little too high. I I, I think good enough would be good enough in this situation. And I, I, I think offensive line, certainly if I'm a Bills fan, I'm a bit nervous about the offensive line heading into this season. Both Spencer Brown and Deion Dawkins had imperfect preseasons. And last season, Spencer Brown certainly appeared to take a step back. Working through some injury struggles certainly probably played a role in that. But like I mentioned, inside, I think they're a little bit stronger. Maybe that helps the outside. But that's really one thing that Josh Allen and this offense have been missing consistently throughout his time as quarterback, right? A a, a consistent offensive line that provides that consistent pass protection. And and I think they need to be good enough this year with all the weaponry that they added around Josh Allen. In order to unlock that potential, they need to be solid up front and give him time to work. There were times last season where I thought 
you hear the phrase seeing ghosts. And, and I think there was times where Allen may have felt pressure that wasn't there. And that led to some of those miscues that you saw between him and some of his receivers. So I think if they're solid up front, that will set a good base for this offense and Allen to work those new weapons into the offense and hopefully take this offense to another level in Ken Dorsey's second year as offensive coordinator. Two new starting guards this year, Osiris Torrance, Connor McGovern. You hopefully that can provide some upgrades, certainly over Roger Saffold, who was a complete flop at left guard. And then you're counting on growth from Spencer Brown at right tackle in his third season. I think that's probably where everything really hinges on his development for year three on that in that right side. I think that's where the offensive line is going to go from suspect to good enough is really it, it depends on Spencer Brown. So we'll see how that all develops. So Alex, I, I wanted to kind of wait to the middle of our conversation to really kind of get into to you as the regional sports editor for the Batavia Daily News. You're also the editor for Bill's Digest. And like you mentioned, I was fortunate to be able to contribute to the season kickoff edition of Bill's Digest. So would love for now that people have gotten to know you a little bit here. They know that you know your stuff. I've endorsed you as a as a beat reporter. Fill us in on on what you have going on with Batavia Daily News, how people can keep track of your work, and of course, Bill's Digest, what is it and how how can people get it? Yeah, as I mentioned at the top, the dailynewsonline.com weekly reports from practice, also from game day and, and everything you need to know about the Bills. A lot of in-season work with the Batavia Daily News. And then when it comes to Bills Digest, two in-season issues. We had our season kickoff issue. We have a mid-season review coming up in, I believe, November. But really with Bills Digest, it's all about the off-season and what you're familiar with, Joe more so than perhaps anybody in the Bills media scape, the draft. We provide a lot on the draft, a lot on free agency, and, and some of the potential moves that the Bills might make during the offseason. But Bills Digest, the official magazine of the Buffalo Bills, seven issues throughout the season and offseason. Like I mentioned, two regular season, five offseason issues. Uh, and, and the first regular season issue is centered around your expertise Joe, and uh, we talked about the offensive and defensive line. We also had Jim Kubiak, a Western New York quarterback guru, discuss Josh Allen and and how he can manage some turnovers going into the season. And then I provided a bunch of my opinions and perspective from training camp and the preseason. So very grateful for you to have contributed and looking forward to your further contributions to Bill's Digest. You can subscribe to Bill's Digest uh, visiting the link on my pinned tweet at Alex Brasky or my ex, whatever you want to call it now. <laughs> Twitter or whatever it is. <laughs> right. Or, or you can log on to simplecircom slash subscribe slash bills hyphen digest using the promo code Alex B. But also throughout the course of the season, like I mentioned, daily stuff at the daily news online.com here in Batavia. Make sure you're following Alex on Twitter. He's got good tweets on the bills. I love him at Alex Brasky, A L E X B R A S K Y S. KY, SKY, Sky at the end there. All right, so let's uh, let's shift gears here to the defensive side of the football. And, of course, Brandon Bean's favorite spot, the defensive line. And, you know, there's been a lot of investments. Everybody knows that. But I don't know that anyone's ever thought that they really have met expectations. And what's interesting is I'm thinking about the article that I wrote for Bill's Digest about the defensive line. And I started off by talking about those investments and how it's historically been a spot where Bean's put a lot of resources and the defense has statistically been amazing. And, and they tell you that everything starts up front with the defensive line. The defense as a whole is really good, but maybe people are disappointed by the defensive line. Is this the year that you feel like people will consider this group 
that it meets expectations based on the investments that exist. Yeah, well, kind of like I alluded to, with it has to be. It has to be. Kind of like I alluded to with the offensive line. This unit must be better. It doesn't have Von Miller entering the season. We saw what it can do with Von Miller at the start of last year, but he went out. It kind of took a step back. They really need to get going early in the season and create that wave of momentum that they can ride throughout the course of the year and really impact some of these top-notch quarterbacks they're going to play in the second half of the season. With all the resources thrown at the pass rush and defensive line in recent seasons, the Bills have to provide a more dynamic pass rush this season. You have Greg Rousseau looking for a breakout year. Ed Oliver with a new contract. You have Puna Ford added to that interior defensive line. And then Leonard Floyd, a consistent 10-sack guy on the outside, hopefully going to stem the tide until Von Miller comes back. And and they traded Boogie Basham, kind of a, a disappointing move for Bills fans. But I think there were just too many cooks in the kitchen. Shaq Lawson's going to contribute. A.J. Epineza, a good end to last season and a good preseason. So I think they have a lot of talent there. And once Miller comes back, that can really elevate this group. But I think it's going to start early in the season, beginning week one against the New York Jets, who certainly don't have the most vaunted offensive line in front of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, big opportunity to take advantage of that group, which we're going to talk about a ton next week. And of course, leading up to Monday Night Football in the opener. But want to come back to this Boogie Basham trade a little bit. I mean, you've you've watched as much of this team as anybody in terms of practices uh, throughout camp, preseason games. You've seen this defensive line. I, I would agree. Too many cooks in the kitchen. I mean, Boogie Basham, you're not rostering six defensive ends. You're not, you know, you're gonna, five is a lot. And then when Von Miller comes back, you have another tough decision to make about who you're going to move on from between Shaq Lawson and Kingsley Jonathan, right? You're not going to have six defensive ends most likely. Did you think they made the right decision? We can debate the compensation, right? They got they got a ham sandwich bag. It's not a, it's not a great return, but did they make the right choice to keep? I would think Lawson slash Jonathan over Boogie Basham, or did you see enough from Boogie Basham throughout this offseason to say, you know what, they might have wanted to see what they had in him this year? Yeah, I certainly saw enough from him during the spring and going into the summer, but there was something interesting Brandon Bean mentioned in his press conference on Wednesday. I don't think Boogie Basham was really excited about a potential reserve role within this defense. I, I think he's looking to work his way up the food chain sooner rather than later. And I don't think there's much patience there, like I said, to perform in a, in a reserve role. And I can't remember exactly how Bean termed it, but I think he said he, he wasn't too excited about not being a starter. So I, I don't think this was necessarily based on his lack of production because you saw him throughout the course of three preseason games and he was impressive. I think he did enough to earn a spot on the 53-man roster, but this may, be, may have been a case if it just wasn't the right fit uh, and and the player wanting it to work a little bit a little bit faster than the team uh, expected it to this season. But if you ask me at the beginning of the preseason in training camp, I would have said this was a move that that I was looking forward to. Uh, I mentioned it during a couple of my conversations in the preseason. A, a few of the things that I wrote with Basham as a trade candidate, and and he certainly put a, a lot on display. And I thought they might be able to get a little bit more in return, but. Hey, that's the way the NFL trading in the NFL is like the wild, wild west. Yeah, it, value is what somebody's willing to pay. If there was a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick out there for Boogie Basham, I'm sure Brandon Bean would have found it. And I mean, a very modest return, Boogie and a seven for a six uh, with his buddy Joe Shane with the New York Giants. Everyone's talking about linebacker. We're going to get to that here 
in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about game time. Buying tickets to your favorite events, it shouldn't be stressful, but sometimes it is. Game time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets. They have a best price guarantee. And so you could stop stressing over getting the tickets and start getting excited for the fun that you're going to have. Game time, the app is awesome. They have flash deals. I mentioned last-minute tickets. I love that they give you an image of the seat view so you know exactly what to expect when you get to the stadium. Super easy to navigate app. And then they also send you uh, the, the tickets right to your phone. You don't have to dig through emails. They're right there for you. Uh, so no stress about that either. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNNFL for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Alex, let's kind of focus in on the back seven of this defense and the middle linebacker position, Tyrell Dotson. In the mix, Terrell Bernard. We haven't seen much of him. I'd love to get some comments from you on Bernard, what you've seen kind of him back from the hamstring practicing over the last couple of days. A.J. Klein was getting first-team reps. He's not even on the practice squad anymore. They bring in Christian Kirksey. Alex, can they make this work next to Matt Milano, or is this going to be a liability all season long? Seems to me kind of like the offensive line. This might be a concern all season long. They certainly didn't address didn't address the position through free agency during the offseason. They were looking forward to Dodson, Bernard, or or perhaps a veteran in AJ Klein working his way in there, or, or maybe even Balen Spector, who they removed from the rotation very, very quickly to really put their stamp on the position. But that just hasn't happened. Even before Bernard went out with the injury on the final day at St. John Fisher University, I don't think he did enough either. I think the way that Dodson has performed through three preseason games, that's led to a lot of fans calling for Bernard to be the starter. But I don't know if that's based on his performance during training camp as much as it is Dodson's underperformance throughout the three preseason games, maybe just picking your poison there, uh, try, trying to get the lesser of two evils, I should say, uh, with Bernard rather than Dodson. And maybe they've seen enough of Dodson in the system over the years, and now they just want some fresh blood in terms of the fans. But I think it's going to be a concern all season long. Christian Kirksey has been a productive player in this league, but I also read something yesterday where he missed uh, a lot of tackles last season. And although he had a high number of total tackles, you really have to dive into some of these advanced stats and and the film like a lot of these uh, analysts do to really determine a player's value within a defensive system. And although he does have some experience with, Al Holcomb, I believe, during his days in Cleveland, and that may help him acclimate himself a little bit quicker in the middle of this defense. I'm not sure you're going to see Kirksey be able to take over calling plays before midway through the season or so. Uh, but, yeah, I think this is going to be a concern all season long. You really need Bernard to come back off that injury. We've only watched two brief portions. I was not there today, Thursday, uh, for the media portion of practice, but I did see a few videos from my colleagues, a little bit more physicality from Bernard during the media viewing portion today. Uh, but I think they were just taking it slow. That's a soft tissue injury, giving it as much time to heal as possible. And I think he'll be ready to go out there week one uh, if he is thrust into that starting role, like many fans are calling for. Now, speaking of what fans are calling for, a lot of people wanted for the Bills to really focus on the offensive side of the football and, and say, you know, you heard the phrase defense, schmefense, right? That was a thing that people said. Well, you got it. 
they made a concession, a huge concession at middle linebacker. And look at their big investments this offseason. The highest free agent contract, Connor McGovern, a guard. The second highest, well, I guess Leonard Floyd would, would buck that. But until then, it was Deontay Hardy at receiver. They're one of only three teams that invested their first two picks on offensive players that didn't pick a quarterback. I mean, the investments have been there, a rebuilt running back room. So uh, Trent Shurfield is well added to this mix. So I, I think for those that wanted those concessions on defense for them to lean into offense, you got it. And so part of that is dealing with this situation at middle linebacker, right? So that's that's the consequence of, of saying defense, me fence. So we'll see if that's the problem I think it's going to be this year. Uh, CB2. And, ahead, I would, and I would mention with that, sorry to cut you off, Joe, yeah. the increased chances for, for dime coverage might lessen the impact of a middle linebacker within the new Sean McDermott called defense. So so maybe it, it won't be – maybe that there won't be as much called for from that position as we've seen in, in the past with Tremaine Edmonds, although mm-hmm. they'll likely still call the plays from the middle linebacker position. I think that transition to dime – might lessen the impact from that position moving forward. How frequent is this? You know what I mean? Like I, I like the idea in theory. It's it's more Taylor Rapp on the field. You're you're taking off presumably Dotson or Bernard. I feel like that's a, a good swap of players. You don't want to be too small, right? You got to be able to play downhill. But based on what you're observing in practice, I mean, what is the the real rate of frequency that you think we're going to see dime this year? Yeah, I think it's going to be relatively high. Like I said, mm-hmm. I think they're lack of confidence in the middle linebacker position may tilt the scales a little bit in in that direction, even more so. And they've been really tight lipped about Taylor Rapp's role within this defense. I think that's the one surprise they're going to spring on everybody come week one and and maybe the first few weeks of the season before teams get ample tape on this new defense. And in Brandon Bean's comments on Wednesday, he even mentioned Taylor Rapp and went out of his way to mention Mm -hmm. how, he wasn't sure how Taylor Rapp was going to be used. And I'm I'm sure the general manager at this point probably knows. But he like knows. I said, they're just really remaining tight-lipped. And that leads me to believe that it's going to play a significant role this season. And and I think he, Taylor Rapp, and Taron Johnson are going to be critical to this new Sean McDermott defense, flying off the edge, providing coverage, disguising coverage. Uh, I think they're really – both of those two are set for – impactful seasons uh, that's the way it goes down there's going to be a lot of wasted emotion from me over being concerned about Tyrell Dotson having to cover the middle of the field on long and late down so uh, I hope I hope what you're saying winds up uh, manifesting itself because I think that's an, an exciting new wrinkle it's scheme diversity that we really haven't seen from the Bills on defense I know statistically a very good defense year over year but some of those critical moments it, it really have has let them down and I, I would like to see some of what you're preaching there so let's uh Fingers crossed that actually comes to fruition. Uh, let's close with this. I want to ask you about the CB2 stuff. Everyone's got opinions on Kyer Elam and Dane Jackson and Christian Benford. Uh, listening to Brandon Bean on Wednesday, you know he went out of his way to say that Dane Jackson had a good camp and then said he had his best camp and talked about the improvement from Christian Benford. And then, you know, Kyer Elam's still in the mix, right? But he's the first-round pick. So what's your gauge on this situation? What have you seen? How is this going to play out? Yeah, it looks like they're going to open the season with a rotation between Jackson and Benford with maybe a little bit of Elam sprinkled in. But I think that's the correct decision. I think the way that training camp in the preseason has played out, I think those two have elevated their game a little bit above the former first-round pick. And I predicted at the start of uh, training camp that Elam and Bernard were both going to win starting roles. And 
it looks like maybe neither of them will will claim those starting roles, and that might be disappointing for Bills fans. But Dane Jackson is as steady as they come, and Christian Benford is working his way toward that conversation as well. You saw his play, I think, on the opening defensive drive against the Bears, came up with a nice pass breakup on third down. He's always in the right spot at the right time. Jackson's always in the right spot at the right time. The one thing I think Benford might uh, provide a little bit more so than Jackson is a little bit increased physicality in the running game. So I think maybe a higher ceiling for Benford, but they're really comfortable with that consistency from Jackson. And I think you're going to see those two leading the pack, but I wouldn't count Kyrie Lam out just yet. It's a little too soon for a team to give up on a uh, former first round pick. You hear Sean McDermott talk about year three, year three, year three. I think you need to wait for Kyrie Lam to work his way uh, in, into things. And, and maybe it takes another year and, and maybe next year is the year where he takes a step forward. But I think entering this season, it's going to be Jackson and Benford at the top of that rotation. Well, Alex, you've been an absolutely sensational guest. I encourage all of the listeners and watchers of this podcast to follow Alex on Twitter or X or whatever the app is called at Alex Brasky. Keep up with his work over at the Batavia Daily News. Of course, Bill's Digest gets your copy of that. I have some contributions to that, and I'm excited to have the opportunity to continue doing that moving forward. Alex, really appreciate your time and looking forward to all of your coverage this season. Thanks for having me, Joe, and I'll keep listening. All right. Thanks so much, Alex. And thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As I've been telling you, we've got a lot to do on this podcast before the Bills take on the Jets. I owe you my season uh, statistic predictions for the offense. We got an episode of herd mentality to get to. Um, there's a lot. There's there's quite a bit that I want to get done. So make sure that you are subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again very soon.